Minefielders. You ever lost a couple of days? <laughs> wow. I think we all have at one point or another. We all have. And she's going to want her blanket back, man. Oh, yeah. You, you are hosed. <laughs> She's probably listening in right now. She, she's probably mic'd your freaking studio. <laughs> and in her mind, she's like, oh, he's thinking about me. I am thinking about her. That's the worst part. <laughs> anyway. Welcome to Minefields, guys. Minefielders, if you did, if you happen to make a bad decision, make sure when she leaves, she takes all her stuff. Let's do what's in the box. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Freaking, uh, the, the past couple days have been a blur. My dad was uh, laid out from freaking uh, burst appendix. My sister showed up. Um, we just went to get get crap done mode and uh, I didn't realize how tired I was and then I don't know you ever, you ever watch I Dream of Genie and you rub a magic bottle um, and a hot blonde pops out can't say that I have <laughs> you're a liar <laughs> you're from Amarillo or you've lived there there's probably a brunette yeah we never into blondes never into blondes Nah, not my thing. My mom told me, I remember very distinctly, we were living in Maxwell, First Base, Alabama, and she was making green chili enchiladas. And she said, you better learn how to make this shit because the little blonde... First one. And, yep, yep, first one, but I said it on purpose. Because the little blonde girl that you're going to marry isn't going to know how to do any of this. But the problem is, is not only was she right, but when girls find out you can cook, it's over. <laughs> it's over. I can see that. You're, you're, you're cooking all the time. You're going to the grocery store, and you get home, and then they're in their, uh, they're still in their Nightmare Before Christmas pajamas that they were in when you left. And, um, nothing's been done. <laughs> nothing's been done. Of course, there's Nightmare Before Christmas pajamas. And it's Why got, wouldn't there be? <laughs> it, 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 and you're like, I just worked all day. That's, that's right up there with Harley Quinn cosplay. Oh, it's right up there. Aren't me and the Joker just the best, like, couple? Their love story is so amazing. <laughs> Read the book. Read anything. Watch the cartoon. We're, the, we're, we're about we're about to freaking cross into gatekeeper territory on that one. <laughs> Agreed. Oh, one hundred percent. But uh, yeah, so uh, I had that to deal with this weekend, and uh, I'm having a little drinksy here, and I'm sobering up. Literally, having a drink right now is sobering me up from the crazy, absolute. Like you didn't even believe me when I first told you. <laughs> no, I, I was too busy just being like, oh, please no. Going going back to real quick to the freaking uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. When uh, I was in college a few years ago, I ended up, the girl I ended up working with in my math class 
freaking was super into freaking Nightmare Before Christmas. And the whole time we were talking, she'd be like, she'd be like, freaking, oh, I'm not going to date you. I'm not going to date you. I was like, I'm married and I have absolutely no interest in anything like that. Just want to pass my math class. And it was like a weekly thing. And I was like, not like to a point where I had to like, be like, I'm just going to do this on my own. Right. Cause you're giving me all the, all the wrong vibes. And it's, it's always those Nightmare, Nightmare Before Christmas, Harley Quinn cosplay. Huge warning signs yeah. to anybody out there. Did I ever tell you why I do not like the Nightmare Before Christmas? I don't believe you have, actually. Alright, so, living in Maxwell Air Force Base, uh, my buddy Rob is over, Rob Garcia. He was this really nice Mormon gentleman, and his parents were just the nicest people. And uh, he, him and I were playing Nintendo... Like Nintendo, Nintendo, and uh, we're walking. Nice. Out, we're walking out the stairs to get on our bikes because uh, the gimmick back in the day was is to save our quarters until we had a couple of bucks to buy a Jolt Cola. So we were gonna mm-hmm. we were gonna hop on our bikes and go get a Jolt. And uh, we get downstairs, and my mom's friend Miss Ina is like on her knees, sobbing into the carpet. Miss Ina was a very nice German immigrant that married a piece of crap. Uh, airman that got caught cheating on her with a 16 year old girl and wow and we're walking down the stairs and all I hear is she's 16 she's 16 and I look at Rob Rob looks at me like what the heck's going on and my mom looks at me and she says get out (laughs) and um so we go and get. You were how old at the time? Uh, God, like I have to look up how old the uh, night before Christmas was. Um, but um, we hit our bikes, and Rob's like, "What the heck was that?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I guess Mazina's husband was cheating on her." And uh, a week later, because uh, Mazina used to babysit us, because like she had zero, fa- yeah. she had zero family in the country in Alabama of all places. Yeah, I remember she said she was from the Black Forest, and um, I've seen photos of the Black Forest. The place is gorgeous, and she mm-hmm. she's trapped in Montgomery, Alabama, with a cheating ass piece of crap husband. Two, yeah, two, and uh, nightmare. For it came out ninety three, so I was eleven. And, uh, well... Oh, jeez. So, it was like a week or two later, um, Miss Ina comes to pick us up because mom, mom worked and so did dad. And she took us to the dollar... Yeah. Th- she took us to the dollar theater just in, like, Prattville, which is, like, a really, like... You know, there, we, we go to Denver all the time. There's Aurora, there's Littleton, Highlands Ranch. I mean, those are all really nice places. Aurora's not the nicest place in yeah. the world, but, like, it's still not... Prattville, Alabama. It, it, like, like, I think all they had there was the Coca-Cola factory. And um, mm-hmm. she takes us to the Dollar Theater to see The Nightmare Before Christmas. And she was sitting next to me to my right. My sister was sitting to my left. And this woman cried through the whole movie. Oh, jeez. A, a, a very sad alone German woman 
just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. So where everyone is all about this like fat guy and the big burlap sack and Jack, it, like there's all these great things that are, it's Tim Burton directing it. Um, Chris Randon is Jack. Um, yeah, all of that is completely erased because I had to sit next to a woman that cried for almost an hour and a half. That sucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Yes. And she had a really sad cry, and there was nothing I could do about it. All I did was make yeah. sure. All I did was make sure that when Miss Enid leaned forward and was, like, coughing, because like, she was doing the ugly cry, and my mm-hmm. sister was just, like, being in the way of it that my sister didn't see as much as I was seeing. Yeah. Anyway, I hate the night before Christmas. <laughs> I hate it with all of my heart and soul. <laughs> There's nothing you can describe to me that'll make me like that freaking movie. No, uh, that's valid, man. That's freaking... That sucks. Yeah, let's get the 20 so we can split. Um, I put you through a lot past week. Um, I've got 2 of 18. Let's get you that uh, Wolverine number uh, 88. Mm-hmm, not wrong. Do that on Friday. Maybe. See what happens. See what happens, man. Freaking, uh... Nonetheless, to a to happier times. To a happier times. Shall we uh, start? Let's start out with what's in the box. You go first. All right. So, um, you know, I know we've been talking about a lot of uh, classic books recently, freaking Iron Man number one and whatnot. Um, so this week, I've actually gotten back into my Batman run. Nice. Because right now the goal is issues 400 through 713, which is everything up until the uh, to um, not New 52 Flashpoint, which leads into New 52. Yes, sir. And freaking as of right now, I'm about, I've got all the 400s. I've got I'm up, I'm everything between 400 and 556, I believe. But I really started digging into the 600s over the last couple of weeks. And in the 600s, for those who know Batman, there is one key issue amongst all the issues in the 600s. That's right. And that is what I picked up this week. I have issue 635, first appearance of Red Hood. Oh, that's gorgeous. First Red Hood. Yeah. Yeah, first Red Hood freaking ended up getting this. I remember, I got it for a pretty good deal, all things considered. So, working on my freaking Under the Red Hood run now, which is 635 through 650, I believe. Very nice. I'm only a couple issues away from that. Not too much. Really close. So, like I said, working on, uh, working on continuing, uh, cleaning up that run a little bit, getting everything I'm missing on those, so. I have a I have a printout. That is my contribution to the box this week. That's the box. It's a great box. Uh, but I still got to say I'm not used to doing the list. Like it's uh, I, I have a printout. Okay. I have a printout of every Vertigo comic book sitting on my desk at work. 
And there's a lot, but there's not all that I want. We talked about it last week, like, because I don't want all the fables. I don't want, uh, there's a few things I just don't care for, like, that are, like, fairy tales. But, um, I want to burn through that mm-hmm. so I don't have a list anymore, because the list that I have is, like, a burning hole in my soul. <laughs> it, it, it's... It, like it, it, it adds. Was it an Aerosmith song? No, it, was it Bon Jovi? I think did "Hole in My Soul." Bon Jovi, I'm pretty sure. No, it's Aerosmith. There's a hole in my soul. It, it was off of. Is nine, it Aerosmith? Yeah, yeah, it's Aerosmith. It was off of Nine Lives. Um, I remember that record did very, ah, okay. v- very distinctly. Um, my what's in the box is something I've wanted to show off for quite a long time. My Hot Wheels collection. Really? Yep few key key pieces in here i've opened up i have quite a few batmobiles um as you should uh let's see god the way it's not that good got this batmobile this one is awesome kind of ridiculous it's more of a 89 like revamp yeah course i got I see the, that of course i got the 89 mm-hmm. i got uh the cycle oh okay the tumbler awesome uh a gray version of the classic 66 66 yep yep i got uh batflex Nice. But I also have the 18 van. That's pretty awesome. Faceman's Corvette. Okay. I have um two different DeLoreans, 81s, and then the time machine. I've got Vin Diesel's and the Supra. Okay. I've got the Homer. <laughs> what the heck is that? When Homer designed a car that ruined his brother's uh, car uh, manufacturing business. <clears throat> oh, okay. I've got a Thunder Tank. I'm pretty big on like cop cars. I got a SWAT windowless van. I've got. Um, I do love your windowless vans. I do love. I've got a ton of Lamborghinis. Uh, my prize is the uh, the red Diablo. Couple of nice. Co- couple of Countaches. Uh, I've got a uh, police version of the Countach. Okay. I've got a. Uh, Fire truck, uh, the highway hauler. I've got an ice cream van. Um, I've got the uh, Moonraker uh, Lotus. Okay. And I have both Miami Vice. The the one in the first couple episodes. This is a uh, Ferrari three sixty five. And then there, 
their Testarossa. Oh, nice. Okay. Got their Testarossa. I've got um, Herbie the Love Bug. Trying to find something else cool in here. It's a bunch of like, <clears throat> bunch of hot rods and where are you? I have the Flintstones car. <laughs> I didn't. I don't think I've ever actually seen that one before. Yeah, you got the Flintstones car, and that's what's mine in the box. I've been wanting to show this off for a while. I love Hot Wheels. And a pretty boss official Hot Wheels collector box. It's gorgeous. Are these fancy? Um, I wanted to go straight into. Um, well, uh, they just announced that Hugh Jackman is returning as Wolverine in Deadpool three, which is coming out in like two thousand twenty four. Mhm. They announced uh, Fantastic Four. And they also announced Secret Wars. Because they're doing Secret Invasion. Plural? Yes. Uh, they're doing Secret Invasion. Um, like, that's coming out in a couple of months or at the end of the year or whatever. Um, where, where the scrolls have, you know, infiltrated everybody. And um, But Secret Wars <coughs> is actually a uh, part two of Secret War. Where Secret War was the when the Beyonder took all of the uh, heroes and villains and put him against them on Beyond World, and put him against them, mm -hmm. and that's where we got the Black Suit Spider Man. Secret Wars yeah. was when Doom made a deal with the Celestials, uh, and combined like all of a sudden all of the multiverses were. Uh, congealing together in the, basically one world or something like that yeah and there was like different parts of it uh that each had their own stories like for example old man logan ended in the badlands or the wastelands and uh had to fight his way mm -hmm. through marvel zombies um there was a lot of good things that came out of it um i'm wondering if that they're bringing logan which they specifically said like wh like what did they say what year it was, it was like 65 or 2054 or something like that and no it was uh 2029 was when the movie logan takes place because i watched the second video clip today yeah 2029 it's only seven years from now in theory well all those worlds combined and like and then the next avengers movie is look with the kang's yeah, king dynasty i think king dynasty i i, I really don't I, I don't think that this is a good idea for their, the the new main baddie. I, I really think they should have landed on, like, Galactus or, um... I mean, they already did, like, some big ones like Ego, um, but Kang is a hard sell. I mean, that's, like... The King, yeah, Kang's not a guy... Like, you, you either love Kang or you probably don't know who Kang is. Or, or don't like the Galactus... Like, I'm not... Yeah. Like, I don't know, though. Like, Galactus is really cool. Like, I can see him being a big, huge, like, you know, a big-time bad guy. Yeah. But, like, it's kind of, you know, how do you, how do you, I know, how do you really confront this guy that is, you know, 
bigger than your world. Like how how do you how do you properly do the scope of that in a movie? Correct. You know, last last time they utilized him, they gave us a gas cloud with a shadow. Yeah, and like I'm sure freaking Marvel would do better than that, but like it's it's kind of up in infamy, like the uh, like the Dark Phoenix saga. Like we've already seen this done, and it was done horribly. You know, like with them, you know, because of course they're going to bring in Victor Von Doom at some point. They're going to do Doom. Like I have, I have no worries. They'll probably do Von Doom right. Like I'm not, like that one wouldn't concern me. But if we got a third Dark Phoenix saga, and it was as bad as the first two, yeah, like the selling point to getting my wife to watch X Men Last Stand was this is a garbage movie that is good for two things and it's freaking Kelsey Grammer is beast and I'm the juggernaut. Yeah. And freaking that, you know, that, that that's it. Those are the two. Yeah. In the most atrocious outfit I think I've ever seen in a freaking superhero movie. He was barely big. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Yeah. Yeah, that's three. That's three. I at least, I at least was like, man. Hey, but chasing after like Shadow Cat and... Chase, uh, and the scene itself is actually pretty good. It's fun. Like it made sense, but the entirety of the movie was horrible. And then the freaking second one they did was even worse. We randomly threw in aliens. Yeah. And I get their actual aliens in the freaking Dark Phoenix saga, obviously. She destroys an alien world. But, like, legitimately, it's like... You can't just throw that in there. It's like a side plot. My argument is that I don't think that people are ready for cosmic Marvel. And Kang is very cosmic in in terms of, like... uh, Let's see. So, Guardians of the Galaxy... um, Let's see. Guardians... It was volume two at the end when we saw Adam Warlock's cocoon. Mm-hmm. He's actually the one that killed Thanos. And the yeah. and then we get into Infinity Wars and, and he's got his evil dark entity version and it's just I mean, there's a lot of things going on and it's a lot to digest. There's a lot of literacy involved in being able to compute what the heck is going on. And I don't think yeah. that, I don't think the world is literate enough to understand or even uh, try to comprehend all the things that they've like tried to do in Marvel in the cosmic entities. Like for example, like the Dabnet and Arnett version of Guardians of the Galaxy, which is what was prevalent before the movie, which like I want to say was like mm-hmm. I want to say it was like two thousand seven, and. And Starlord was not this like snarky, like kind of ne'er do well guy. He, he he had some prevalence. He he had some he had a big boy voice, and yeah, they they I get it. I I really like Gordon's Galaxy, but like doing Kang, like the time travel thing, is an another aspect that worries me because I hate time travel. Yeah, it, it gets really convoluted. Um, I've been rereading Morning Glories 
just to like figure out like why I hate time travel because it's 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 really convoluted and if you don't memorize the names I mean like you're really good at remembering the names is that something that comes easy to you or do you take the time to like that's that person yeah, it really depends on what's going on. A lot of times, like you know, it just kind of comes naturally. But like, like my big thing with the MCU right now is it's really like I don't, I don't see where they they're trying to go about three different places at the moment. Like we're talking about freaking time tra- time travel with Kang, obviously cool. But at the same time, we're doing all the multiverse stuff. Yeah, and then we've got this third rule over here where everyone's in space. And, like, it works for the Guardians of the Galaxy as a standalone thing. But if you're going to build up this, if you're going to build the universe, like, you really got to focus on one thing at a time, really. And that's, like, I'm kind of torn over it right now because it's, like... Too many fires in the iron? Like, or you know... irons th- in the fire? Well, there's that. Yeah, there's there's that. Plus, like, we don't really... We don't have a set vision of where they're going, like... In the in phase one, the whole joke was we're gonna we're doing a Hulk movie, we're doing an Iron Man movie, we're doing a Captain America movie, but it's all building to Avengers and Thanos. And like from the get go, well yeah, Thanos. But first it was the Avengers, and then it would build the Thanos from there. Right. But the whole thing was you were building up to that Avengers movie, which like I've mentioned before, is the big thing that the DCEU got wrong was that they jumped from Man of Steel to Batman v Superman to Justice League. And Justice League and had no, a... they didn't flesh it out enough. No, not 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 at all. And then the, the bad guy in Justice League was like like a deedless villain from a really long time yeah. ago. I barely mm-hmm. I barely knew who Steppenwolf was. Yeah. <clears throat> but like now it's like, you know, we're doing you know, we had the Shang-Chi movie and we had the Black Widow movie, which you know, like I said, should have come out before freaking she died. Correct. Is what it is. Freaking, you know, we have, they haven't, there hasn't really, like, there's been some tiny continuity things to keep everything going between some of the TV shows and the movies and whatnot. But, like, there, there's not at all a clear path of, hey, this is where we're going. Like, are we, are we forming a new Avengers team utilizing these new people? Or we free and but or the or we just do movies to do movies now. It feels like movies. Like it's movies. it just yeah. It seems like a huge step back from what the MCU was doing before. But then again, you know, it's it's kind of like we ran on the joke because we knew from day one once once the whole kit freaking that they were building to doing Avengers and all these movies were going to come together in one world. And it was amazing. Yeah. And like they, they spent four to five years simply building up to that one key moment when Avengers came out and it's like, Oh my God, this is, this is what we've been waiting for. And I think, I think that might behoove them to really kind of, you know, kind of give us some, idea of where we're going with it yeah because the whole, like we've got the whole Kang thing is yeah, we've i'm not getting it. i mean it's cool because they're doing a two-parter and it's like going to be you know the next big thing but how does it like how does anything we're doing currently 
build to that other than Kang showing up in Loki. You know, how does this, I mean, we've got a couple of, you know, loose affiliations here, like freaking, uh, you know, the fact that Shang-Chi's 10 rings emit some kind of homing beacon. Right. You know, so that's going to feed into, I'm sure that's feeding into this at some point. Well, they, they you did. You know, or, and, you know. They did that uh, recently with, uh, what book was it where, like, that sword was flying to Earth? Um, God, what book was that? Um, I think it was Thor. And okay. Just this giant, like, a homing beacon had been activated. It was within the X. It was the X Men, um, and it just didn't go anywhere. And mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I, 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 I kind of guess like I'm talking to you about this as like if I was pretending to be uh, a Disney executive. Like, where are we going here? Um, yeah. It, it's there's too much things going along that are like. Like these, the the general public are not like connoisseurs of cigars and wine, um, mm-hmm. uh, sommeliers. Uh, they they want immediate delivery, and yeah. with people that they recognize and understand. And yeah. Kang is not one of those people. I mean, like how many how many bad guys off the top of your head can you tell me that the Silver Surfer has fought? It, it uh, it's not a trick question. It would be Galactus. It would it would be Galactus, or it would be one of his heralds. Or Terrax. Exactly. Yeah. I, exactly. And, yeah. and and we read the books. <laughs> we we True. we read the books. I me- I remember uh, one of the things that like clued me in that like you belong to minefields was uh, one of the first things I asked you was when do you get your books and you said every Wednesday. And. Even us that are every Wednesday are. It's getting a lot. It's getting to be a lot. Like, um, yeah. It, it. I kind of feel like it's like pick your poison. Like I really love She Hulk because I just love Jennifer Walters. I love uh, Tatiana, um, but freaking, um, that's like a really niche thing that I've fallen into for the past like mm-hmm. twenty years of following the She Hulk, and yeah. But that's not like who, who's Connor gonna gonna want to go see? Yeah. Well, that's I mean that's the thing too though. You got to remember is that the freaking the MCU was not built on the back of you know A list superheroes because Spider Man was you know on another company and the X Men were another company. Like Iron Man was not a huge freaking like a tier guy you I, know, captain america was the biggest star they had i couldn't believe that they picked iron man they landed on iron man as the first one that was like the big one i mean I know they did the yeah. incredible hulk but the incredible hulk is very like like you could have the right like palette for the hulk yeah it, but i mean even that i mean that was he was a bigger he was a bigger guy like thor getting a movie or you know then they follow that up with guardians of the galaxy who nobody cares about is what it is. Except unless your name's Colin, right? Freaking uh, um, and Ant Man, Ant Man, Ant Man was my personal favorite movies. I never read an Ant Man comic until freaking. I I still to this day I haven't read an Ant Man comic. I've had them in comics, but not. 
I've never gone out of my way to pick up a specific Ant-Man book to be like, oh my god, it's Scott Lang. Yeah, the most I knew about uh, Ant-Man was that he smacked the living shit out of fucking Janet. That's two more. Five. <laughs> Five. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's what it was. I remember having conversations with my wife, who was then my girlfriend, about being like, I don't know what they're going to do with this, because freaking that's all. That's the one thing I knew about him was he you know, smacked his wife at one point. Yep. Freaking, you know, and, I mean, they took, and the, like I said, the Guardians of the Galaxy, the only, I knew who Gamora was, and I knew who freaking Drax was, because they were both in Infinity Watch. Nebula was, in, in, in Infinity War, Nebula was, like, a tortured, like, skeleton. I mean, like, mm-hmm. what they did with her was, well, let me, let me phrase that, what, what Thanos did with her was abhorrent. Like, it was, it was a great story. Yeah. But... At yeah. the same time, though, like, at that time, it wasn't, like, a... Right now, there's, or for the past, like, I don't want to say, like, 30 years, there's always been, like, a summer event, you know? Yeah. And that was before the summer event gimmick. Like, it always has to be something mm-hmm. happening in the summer. And, well, all I'm just saying is I, I just I, I want something that's a little bit more palpable. I want I want as a comic book reader, as a comic book lover, as uh, you and I, as comic book writers and uh, visionaries, I want something that's a little bit more palpable for people to go to the theater and enjoy it and understand it, recognize people, and buy more comic books. <coughs> and I don't I don't see people flocking to the stores to go get like the Loki six series that might come out or is, has come out before, but not something little like that, you know, like, yeah, I, I, I want more. No, I mean, that's, that's the thing, man. For again, I've definitely, I've definitely gotten into books based on, you know, liking TV shows. That's why I got into black lightning. That's why I got into freaking flash. Constantine initially was based on the, uh, Freaking the the one season he had a TV show for like twelve issue uh, twelve episodes. My mom took me to see Constantine. She was the Constantine fan. See, I didn't. See, I didn't even. Have, I never. I didn't see the movie till well after that. Actually, I freaking I picked it up randomly because I remember seeing commercials for the movie, but I never watched it until freaking at well after I got into like I started collecting the new Fifty Two Constantine. Uh, now looking at the older stuff from there. Speaking of watching, uh, the past couple of days, uh, taking her dad, uh, we watched the uh, entire Dahmer series that just came oh, out. Okay. That just came out on freaking Netflix, and also, mm-hmm. um, Robin's like, "There's a supposed to be a really good Samuel L. Jackson show on Apple TV," and I'm like, "I've got Apple TV," and she's like, "Are you kidding me?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I like it's not something I." pay for it's just t-mobile gave me the login and i had to you know do the whole the whole remember my password login gimmick and uh we watched the samuel jackson tv show which was astoundingly good uh the Dahmer one the Dahmer. what's it called um it is um if i can remember how to pronounce it correctly because the first letter is silence samuel jackson it's my beer. The last days of Ptolemy Gray, but Ptolemy starts with a P and then a T. 
and uh, he's an he's got dementia. Bad. Oh wow! Yeah. Bad. And a the way the story develops, and I was mind fielding it while we were watching it, um, was that uh, the person that was his caretaker, Reggie, his uh, nephew, all of a sudden mm-hmm. stopped coming around. And uh, this his other nephew, uh, hit, like hit, like second removed nephew, shows up and was like, "Hey, come to the house." And uh, they walk in. I'm like, "This is a this is a funeral." And mom's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Everyone's in black, and there's a lot of food. This is a funeral." And uh, he finds out that Reggie was murdered. And um, oh, jeez. This new girl that's there, and this is it's centered around a girl named Robin, um, who she starts taking care taking care of Tony, and she finds mm-hmm. a prescription that Reggie had been given to take Tony to, and uh, it's uh, a drug that is going to not work after a while. Did you ever see Awakenings? Or, yeah. Or uh, like. Um, Flowers for Algernon, or like where the drug. We were reading the book, yeah. Yeah, the the drug only works for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you have X amount of time to get your fares in order, and he remembers that uh, he was given a treasure, and he needs to remember where the treasure is and why he was given it, and he keeps having flashbacks of the, the gentleman that was his like best friend, and. It's it, it read like Watchmen, where it was um, okay. odd flashbacks. Uh, Watchmen, the uh, television show uh, with Regina King. Oh, gotcha. It, it read like that, where he had flashbacks of a lynching, um, and that he had very little time to do what he had to do. And it turns out that the person that killed Reggie is very close to the family. And... Mm-hmm. I've got one episode left to watch, um, but it, they're setting up, like, uh, Gran Torino. Uh, did you watch Gran Torino? Okay. Uh, I didn't. Uh, Clint Eastwood befriends the uh, Ch- uh, Vietnamese kid next door, and uh, he's got these cousins that are trying to get him to join the gang. They've raped the, the sister, and he sets it up to where uh, he makes sure the boy's taken care of, and he goes and confronts these these guys and uh make sure that he's killed in front of everybody to make sure these guys go away and the people that he loves are protected and Mm -hmm. but the Dahmer one was uh i know a lot about Dahmer. yeah and it was extremely correct and it was we're trying to like chill out have some food take care of dad and we put this on i mean that's just what we do we're just weirdos and but it was extremely accurate oh wow they um like I, i've i've read books on him i've read comic books written by the guy that went to school with him um interviews with the arresting officer um they got it. They even got the apartment correct. Hmm. Dang. Everything was perfect 
and match the photos. Um, but in conjunction with what we're talking about when it comes to Marvel movies, um, that was palpable to me. I know what I was expecting. Yeah. I'm not going to buy more Dahmer comic books. But I, like, Until you do. Correct. But, uh, but <laughs> I, I just want more people to understand where Marvel's going and avoid the pitfalls that DC did, that they, they, they were trying to run before they could walk. Is that a good assessment? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so, yeah. Hmm. Well, we got some comments to talk about, man. Yeah, yeah, we did get quite a good, got a good little amount tonight. What do you feel like starting with? Well, I, I brought up Deadpool because I reread Old Man Logan. Uh, I've got a, okay. uh, my sister bought me a gorgeous uh, hardbound copy of it. Oh, nice. And um, going through these pages, like, there's a lot of things that stick out to me that are not... They're there, but they're very few and far in between is the slaving of the what the panels are. Like, you read The Walking Dead, it's just a bunch of freaking talking heads. Mm-hmm. And then you find out that Mysterio tricked Wolverine into killing all the X-Men. Yeah. And the, these panels read, like, I, I honestly think that there could be a really easy uh, little cash buck there if uh, they print this with no words. It, the panels read that well. And, yeah. and in comparison to a lot of the comics that we're reading currently, um, the artwork simply isn't there. I mean, there's good art, but it's it's not just all the extreme, like, you know, Thor kills a sentry. Uh, no, the, the panel where Wolverine cuts the Red Skull's head off with Captain America's shield is a full splash page. Mm-hmm. Is a full splash yeah. page. Like that one. It's beautiful. And we simply yeah. we simply don't get that. And when in conjunction to the discussion about Deadpool, um, obviously we were discussing earlier about the, the first time Wolverine met Deadpool and the ridiculous value of the book now, or the speculative value. Um... Logan died in Logan. Yeah. They set the timeline out, but they didn't give us good meat and potatoes. They didn't give us liver and onions, man. They gave us a freaking uh, hot dog and a handshake. Uh, that's my opinion on Logan. I mean, the movie was phenomenal. It had all the great drama, but yeah. in comparison to what Old Man Logan was, that was a hot dog and a handshake. And I hope they don't do that with Deadpool. That's... Give us some good art. Something beautiful to look at. Yeah. Some, something we're proud to hold in our hands and and learn the name of the artist. And I mean, this is Stephen Nimmin all the way, man. And they, they did this. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they did this within Wolverine. It, it, it didn't just all of a sudden go from Wolverine 85 to Old Man Logan number one. It went to, like, 86. Um, that's not the right number, but, like, you get what I'm saying. Like, all of a sudden, they just yeah. did it and took the chance. I mean, like, 
as a writer, how do you feel about taking those chances and just switching the narrative that fast? I mean, we've got a pretty big change coming up for New Era, and the narrative's going to change. As a writer, when, when we talk about what's going on with Logan, like integrated with something really popular like Deadpool, and being an indie fed, making sure that we put butts in the seats... I mean, how do you feel? Is, is it a challenge? I mean, like, what were your initial reactions? Well, I mean, as far as, like, indie shows and whatnot, it's freaking, you know, it, it comes with the territory because, you know, some people, you know, people aren't going to show, you decide you don't want to use people anymore. You know, that's, you know, freaking things change at the whim. You know, people get sick, people get COVID, people get, you know, car accidents. You know, that, that kind of change comes, you know, that comes naturally, you know, and even, you know, even in Marvel, you know, they're having to deal with the passing of friggin' Black Panther, you know, and that obviously is going to change, you know, change plans. You know, we've got, you know, Wakanda Forever coming out in November, and you've got a whole movie where the star of that movie is gone. Isn't in isn't in there anymore. He's gone. You know, and I think that might be that might be a huge part of why it seems that like friggin' Marvel currently is doesn't really have a direction. Because, you know, he was such a key part in what they were gonna do next. And that might be that might be what it is. You know, or maybe like I said, they're just they're in. I mean, this this phase just kind of seems to be rebuilding phase. You know, we definitely got you know a ton of fresh new characters, and you know, it might be something you just need to ride out, and then they're, you know it's a lull, and then you know they're gonna come back with some killer stuff in the next you know, next year or two or three. You know, plus the the whole acquisition of Fox dictates that you know they're gonna have different stuff now they're trying to fit in an x-men movie and a fantastic four movie and a deadpool movie whereas a couple years ago they were just hoping one day they'd be able to do it so i mean it's kind of you know it's 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 a transitional phase it's transitional transitional movie run right now so it might be it might be that they're just kind of retooling things with what they've you know the hand they've been given, and you know maybe we got to get through some stuff that's all right. Like I didn't hate you know Thor: Love and Thunder, but it definitely wasn't my favorite movie, and that they've done. If you could, if you had infinite funds, and the green light to pick whatever you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. What would you do, regardless of what you're concerned about? If the crowds, the masses were would watch it. Are we talking wrestling. Are we talking movies. What are we talking? Movies, like comic movies. Oh, I do long Halloween in a heartbeat. Oh my god! Wouldn't even be a thing. Long Halloween. They they have yet to give. They did an animated one. Uh, a couple years ago, but I freaking I would want to see a live action long Halloween. You know, go full bore, introduce all these characters, you know, I, make them you know, establish them and go. I think if they did the long Halloween, it could rival The Godfather. 
Because that was all Falcone. That was all mob. Mm-hmm. The, the entire thing was mob-oriented, and it was interesting and, and developed the characters. I mean, we even had a veto. Um, it, it, it had a lot of... Wow, Long Halloween, that would... Jesus Christ, if they did a Long Halloween movie, that would be fucking boss. Damn it. One more. Six. Um... I might need, you might need to just paint for the whole thing yourself the way you're going. Shoot. <laughs> I'm aiming for 20, man. I got some extra money the other day, and uh, I, I, it, it just bothers me that we found a book, and we kind of like, heh, and then I found mine, and then the fact that you don't have yours is, like, really chapping me right now. I know that those two aren't your favorite. I got some good stuff. You got amazing stuff, but, like, freaking... Uh, Came into a little extra money, and I uh, want to make sure you get it, so I'm going to curse up to 20. Yeah, hopefully we find that. <laughs> hopefully you find that. I would... Eh. I would want a... I've got two ideas. I, I, I've got something like a lark, like um, the way Gardens of the Galaxy was. It was funny and kind of wacky. I would want to see a Crush and Lobo movie. Okay. And my end-all, be-all, I want to see actual Old Man Logan. I want to see a Tyrannosaurus Rex infected with the Venom symbiote chasing Wolverine and Hawkeye in the spider buggy, getting saved by Black Bolt and Emma Frost. I want to see the uh, trophy case that the Red Skull has, and Wolverine does what he's got to do. I mean, like, chopping off the Red Red Skull's head was not the end all be all uh what happened in that story. It was him yeah. put, it was him putting on uh the like half of Tony Stark's armor, uh initiating Avenger Protocol, whatever, and flying as fast as he could to California back to California from Washington DC within a couple of hours and he gets home and the Hulk gang got bored and killed his family and they even broke his boy's Game Boy. Because at the beginning, uh, well, the girl was playing the Game Boy, but they broke the kid's Xbox. But he was like, we'll sell my Xbox. And he's like, we're not selling the kid's toys. And uh, Logan, yeah. he, Logan, Logan, like, what are you, what are you going to do? And it's, uh, let me find the uh, page just to refresh you. The name's not Logan. It, it's Wolverine. And you turn the page, and it's a giant two-page splash page of just snicked as big as it can be with just red letters and black. And it's Wolverine. And he goes, and he kills all of the Hulk gang. He murders them. <laughs> and beautiful, yeah. beautiful cold blood. I mean, like, of all the people that, like, are really into, like, Law & Order SVU or, like, Chicago PD... Um, it, it's, it's always getting the bad guys and, yeah. but these, the good guys aren't super powered, but Wolverine stalking and murdering and finding Bruce Banner get eaten and bitten in half and still coming out on top yeah. and taking the baby and raising it. It's, it's, uh, it's something else, man. Like that. 
Like, man, the long Halloween would be probably. If we if if we become millionaires, let's you make the long Halloween, I'll help you produce it. I make Old Man Logan, you help me produce it, and we release it the same day, and then we. You can't release the same day, and then people never try to choose. <laughs> well, no. You can release them at least you get six months apart. But you're not. And one's a summer blockbuster, one's a winter release. It'll work. You're not thinking about the epic bet. Now that would be a bet. <laughs> Whose movie? Which one draws more? Yeah, which one draws more? The same day. We 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 both worked on it together. Freaking, uh, I'd like to take that bet. I'll probably lose. Could be interesting. <laughs> but Long Halloween, good choice, man. Uh, I would say second second bet maybe Hush. Or uh, Hush could be cool. And third tier maybe Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah, that could be fun. Freaking, I mean, those are the kind of stories you could do. And it's just gonna be, yeah. Which one are they gonna make first? If they decide to do it, <laughs> maybe take the real challenge and actually try to make a decent freaking Dark Phoenix saga. Would you want to do it the... See, that confuses me because there's like three different versions of it and none of them are Claremont's version. <laughs> yeah. But that would be the, the alternate one or maybe like a live-action Batman the Animated Series movie. Oh, man. Would like, be fun. In- introducing the Shi'ar, Lalandra, Deathbird, yeah. all the good stuff. Guardian. I love the Shi'ar. It'd be yeah, fun, man. It'd be <laughs> like, why'd you guys do this movies? Um, we have a running bet. Wait, this is all on a bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how they formed AEW. So let's uh work for them. Let's do a uh, Task Force Z because I think this is like perfect for running that. Yeah, let's start off with that, man. Freaking. That's worth it. It's been fun. It's been a fun little ride. Freaking. Let's see where it's freaking. This book was all yeah, action. Uh... Oh yeah. Yeah. Now we get Powers International headquarters, and it's all coming down. You know, they're trying to get all the freaking resin they can find, all the Lazarus resin. We've got them, try- well, Task Force Z is trying to escape on Manbat, and they're je- they're just too heavy. And at the same time, freaking Mr. Bloom is trying to gather all the resin he can, and he's trying to get Gotham and Gotham Girl to help him, promising that they're going to turn Gotham back into a mortal man if they help, if they, if he can, if he help, they help him get the resin. Not the case. <laughs> we got two face. Mm. Doctor, we got Mister Bloom in the uh, the old rookie armor from freaking New Fifty Two, when Jim Gordon was freaking Batman for that short period of time. I didn't which notice. Which we all that. want to forget about. Good call. Mm. Yeah, they're just trying to, they're just trying to make it out of here as 
you know, as close to alive as they can. Red Hood's trying to talk some sense into into Gotham. Gotham's just mad at him for killing him over and over again and throwing him off a building when everybody thought he was Bane. And freaking that's it's kinda it, it's it's kinda this like this twelve issue series has kind of been a a growing, you know, uh, mature, you know, Red Hood maturing a little bit. It's been a nice like, we've always, Yeah. But we've been talking about how freaking like the death of Alfred in Batman seventy five has been such a uh, it's been interesting to see how people have taken it differently, you know, uh, he left all his money to Dick who freaking turned around and invested in Bloodhaven. You know, Damien's kind of lost his mind and went to find his own path. And then then there's Jason, who just, you know, at the end of the day, he was just mad about it, which totally fits his character. You know, he's always, you know, he's the angry, the angry Robin. With good, with good cause, too. Oh, yeah. But, you know, all he wanted to do was kill Bane over and over and over again, and he did. But now we find out that the, you know, they're dealing with Mr. Bloom here, who's, you know, this series, if nobody else, the freaking Mr. Bloom has become kind of the star of this series. When he took a shot to the face, <laughs> right, yeah. right in the face, and still talking. Yeah. And that's the thing too is freaking we see we see Two Face you know it's very rare that you get a solid Two Face story, but at the end of the day he's got the you know he ends up putting the uh, the gun to the back of Jason's neck, like he's gonna kill him you know, like like Two Face is taking over, only for him to tell him to duck and he ends up shooting Bloom right in the face and chest, and then we see you know, Gotham grabbing him, and freaking just. Taking them both into the end of the air, and freaking, and the whole time we see this little thing, this little tête-à-tête with Two Face and Red Hood. Uh, Red Hood's talking about, you know, how it wasn't actually his idea to freaking. It wasn't actually Bloom's idea to add Gotham to the group and make him Bane. It was actually Two Face's idea. And he's like, you know, and he's just like, yeah, I know. You can tell him when he comes back if you want. And he's like, you know, I really thought, you know, and Jason's just like, I really thought he had gotten to you back there, Two Face. I thought you, I thought Two Face was back. And Two Face is just like the one nice thing about being guys like us. You know, it's pretty hard to break what's already broken. And that's one of the things, man. Is that, you know, both these characters are broken. And it's kind of interesting to see them working together because of that. You know, we see Gotham return, and they're like, where's Bloom? And all he says is, you know, you don't have to worry about him anymore. The Lord knows what happened to good old Mr. Bloom. See, that's what bothers me. Is it, it's off It's off. Off screen. It's off panel. Mm-hmm. We didn't see the... Oh, no, he's definitely coming back at some point. I think the big reveal is who he actually is. Who Bloom? Yeah. Maybe. I, I, I mean, his, his body's definitely distorted, so I kind of, I feel like he can only be so many people, unless he's plastic man the whole time. 
Now, which would be hilarious. I'm thinking it's. I mean, like, like go back to the first page or the the the, the cover. Mm-hmm. Jason Todd, rest in peace. What if he's the real Jason Todd? I mean, he's maybe Bloom has already cloned a lot of people. He's a, but a lot of people back to yeah. life. We don't really know who Mr. Bloom is, and he's just a psycho scientist. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, before we get into any more comics, uh, I watched the Munsters movie by Rob Zombie. Uh, we haven't even finished this one yet. We have not. Oh. Keep going. No. My bad. It's freaking, he, yeah, no, freaking, you know, uh, Two-Face and, you know, Jason have a little, you know, handshake as they both leave to avoid the, uh, the GCPD. And he decides to, Jason decides he's going to go away for a while to freaking kind of find himself. And we end up coming back in the Gotham morgue. And freaking these two, uh, they're looking over all the corpses of all the dead supervillains. You know, Arkham Knight, Deadshot, freaking Copperhead, all of them. And these, the two, uh, the two people there get blown away. And somebody is giving everybody freaking, uh, Lazarus resin. And turns out it's Two-Face and he is keeping his zombie horde. Because he's got a freaking, he's got some plans. Apparently, he's got some big plans. Is this the first time? And we've as seen this the series coin? ends, we're getting the first freaking. Uh, it's definitely a to be continued. Is this the first time we've seen the coin? You, I think so. Actually, uh, I don't I, think I, he's. I've never seen him use the coin in any of this because, like, it's right in front of his face. The... Yeah. Liberty head doll. So it looks like Har- this looks like Big Bad Harv is back in charge. Two Face is back. Uh, I'm just hope I'm just hoping that they, because it was um, before Flashpoint when Gil Simone um, was ending um, Secret Six and um, Birds of Prey, and I wanted that covert non-Amanda Waller. I mean, like, they, they mention it, man. Waller's gone. Okay. She'll be back. But, yep. the first time we see the coin. Alright. I'm invested. Just don't do another goddamn number one. Damn it. Boom. Boom! I believe Look at that 20 quick. Oh, man, uh, I'm at 7. Actually, I have a 20 waiting for you. Nice. But yeah, freaking not. You know, it'll be... I, I like where this is going. I like, I, I'm like. interested to see what's going to happen. Like, are they going to... Because I feel like at some point, these characters are coming back full-blown, alive. At least at least some of them. At least we're going to get, like, Deadshot, and KG Beast, Zaz. I love Zaz. Thanks for that, by the way. You know, we'll see see where they go. Yep. But yeah, I mean, I don't like at some point you got to bring them back all the way. But I think figuring out how they're going to do it properly will be uh, super interesting. 
And like I said, we got, you know, where is Mr. Bloom? Where is he? Was he taking to safety? Because yeah. <laughs> he's always four steps ahead of us. Yeah. You know, we ended up, you know, we got a little bit of time that Gotham's going to have before he, you know, ends up completely redead. You know, they're going to, are we going to get a little series on that where they end up freaking having his last final days? You know, and how does his sister deal with losing her brother again? So all kinds of uh, interesting questions left behind by this series. Now, I wanted your opinion on the Munsters. I haven't seen it. You've seen the original show? Yeah. Lily Herman living in uh, 1313 Mockingbird Lane. And uh, I remember we were outside working on the Gordon when I was talking about it with my sister, and she's like, oh, Rob Zombie did it. So it's, like, crazy, like, freaking uh, violent and uh, rated R. And I was like, no, it's actually extremely PG. <laughs> it's it's really silly. But it, it, nice. is, it is the origins. Like, I, anytime, anything else, I, I, would, I would be like, I don't like how silly this is. But... Yeah, it's the origin story of the creation of Herman, uh, him meeting Lily, them falling. It's 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 the the whole movie is I want to say about eighty eight percent a love story of Lily and Herman nice. fa- okay. falling in love. He's not the guy that like like there's no boy meets girl, girl meets man. Uh, freaking any sort of like I cheated on you. Now we're back together. No, they like they're they're honeymooning in Paris, and all the old jokes are there where everyone's terrified of them, and yeah, they think that these French cultures are kind of odd and a little bit rude. It's just people just running from the hills when they see them, and they hear that there is a uh, a ghost in the uh, Paris the Parisian uh, sewers. And that's where they get spot. Um, I don't. I don't know if you remember, but like the stairs would open and fire would come out, and that was their pet. It was. Oh, okay. It was spot, and mm-hmm. spots in like the rest of the entire movie, and uh, it's them finding the the house. It's them. It was so silly. I couldn't believe. That Rob Zombie did this, but the but the best part about it was every scene was a gothic monstrosity of a beautiful scene. The candles are lit the right way. I mean, like, but like it, it got really weird. Where like Lily's on a date with Nosferatu, literally Nosferatu, and he's showing her all the pictures of his rats. This is Sally. This is whoever he likes to. He's Watch out for him. He's real mischievous. And she's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really want to leave. And he takes her to her house. But before he gets to the house, outside, let me show you something. And then uh, disco vampire techno music starts playing. And, uh, okay, uh, Herman was in a punk rock band. And disco vampire Nosferatu uh he was opening for them, and it was more like craft work, and but it was gorgeous, man. Like, did you ever see like um, 
Eon Flux, the the live action movie, or uh, Ultraviolet. You can watch those movies on mute. They're that pretty. Yeah. This was the same. This, nice, nice. This was the same. Uh, I want to go into Amazing Spider-Man number 10. Uh, we've discussed, uh, we did X-Men, uh, everything that's going on X-Men with uh, the Celestial that's judging everybody. And this entire mm-hmm. issue is Parker being haunted by Gwen Stacy. While everyone around him is like trying to be in their best behavior because they know they're about to be judged and all he knows is that he can't shake Gwen. And he works for the Green Goblin now. He, he works for Norman Osborn. Even J. Jonah Jameson. Does he? Yes, he does. Even J. Jonah Jameson uh, calls on Peter, my boy. I was thinking today would be a great day to deeply apologize for all those nasty, nasty things I said about you. And about Spider-Man. And everyone is... This book was all terror. While Parker is keeping it in check. And uh, yeah. it was a nice thing to read being inundated with fear. And we talked about what happened. Um, but watching someone so... I mean, he's he's unshaven. And, and Gwen is there. And we get to a part where he finally... He tells her... Um, let me find the right panel. I'm doing this because I still love you. And she actually manifests. Like, the Celestial, rather... Because the Celestial will give him the thumbs up or the thumbs down. Yeah. You've been judged or you have... Or, you know, you're good, you're bad. And he gives him 30 seconds with Gwen. The real Gwen. Not a clone. Not some bullshit thing. Did he ask why she made babies with Norman Osborn? Uh, we're talking. That'd about, be high on my list. I agree, but it's the real Gwen that you got dropped off the bridge. Where have I been? I've been somewhere for a long time. And what happened to you, Peter? You're older. Yeah, I am. I'm Gwen. I'm sorry. I I, I don't know what to say to you. And she says, "Me neither." Except. I have, I sure have missed you, and I sure have missed you too. And they're crying, and he gets one kiss, and then it's over. Oh, jeez. And Osborne's watching it, horrified. And the ghost celestial manifestation of uh, Gwen appears to him, and now he's about to be judged. But the best part about it, was that it really showcased Parker being the guy that does the heavy lifting. No questions asked. Someone screaming, I'd love to finish dinner with you, Mary Jane, but I gotta go. And Mary Jane is always told him, you can't save everybody. But you know what he does? Yeah. He tries. Yeah. He still tries. And he was granted just... 30 seconds with the real Gwen before she was taken away. And I thought that was beautiful. It, it was poetic to me. Awesome. But uh, now the Celestial is using the Gwen ghost to haunt Norman Osborn. And 
who knows where that's going, but it was a good, it was a good Spider-Man story, man. Uh, What do you got next? Uh, Detective? Uh, let's go with, uh, DC versus Vampires. Sure, let's do it. Because I want to freaking, I want to start off with a little bit of a complaint. Tell me. Because they got this running concurrently with the latest um, DC versus DC Vampires, versus, like yeah, DC side story. Well, not even that. They got like this one. They've got freaking the the side story, like you said, and then they've also got Deceased on here, and then also technically Task Force Z for my rant. Correct. Because the biggest the biggest problem, like they're all solid. And, like, DC versus Vampires kind of started off a little comedic to me personally with, like, them utilizing uh, Zan and Jan from freaking, uh, from Super Friends. Okay. But, um, the biggest issue I have with these books all running, especially all running concurrently, is I have no idea who's alive and who's dead from one story to the other. Like I've been, wa- I've been wa- watching all, the, like, reading all the deceased, reading all the DC versus vampires. I picked up the one shots, whether they were good or bad. You're saying that, and like I, you're saying it's confusing who's a vampire and who's actually dead. Yeah, well, who's a vampire in all of it? Like, you know, who's who's alive in the zombie world? Freaking, who's alive in the vampire world? Like, Damien's a freaking, he's a vampire here, but he's Batman in freaking um in deceased you know other than them killing off the entirety of the trinity freaking in both it's freaking and they oh they brought back superman in uh in deceased freaking but like they haven't like it's it's really difficult to remember who's dead in this one book and who's alive in the other book that's one thing about DC but, is you got to yeah. be paying attention, and yeah, the fact and that and that's the thing you're giving us three different things at once. Yeah, the fact that you are paying attention and still confused is saying something. Ah, but yeah, no, yeah, we start out in Smallville. Freaking, they're trying to break into one of the the you know the uh, the encampments for where they keep the humans. That way, they can feed off of them because there's so few humans now. And we've got Bawana Beast in this random farm. Probably not really random in Smallville. And, you know, he, they're looking for some human that's trying to break into the camps. And freaking turn, they, they, he finds this freaking, uh, this food in this little fire. And he's like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's still warm. It hasn't been gone all that long. And next thing you know, we see these arrows flying through the air. We see uh, this um, gas, this freaking gas that gets lit up, and turns out it's a combination of gasoline and freaking holy water. That was awesome. And freaking turns out that the guy they're hunting is actually Green Arrow. And freaking, I thought that of all the people to represent the human race. Like having Ollie being one of the no, obviously non-powered superheroes as one of the few left, 
freaking, I thought that was freaking awesome because I don't think, I don't think Green Arrow ever really gets his due for how awesome he is. I really, I really agree with you, and but I think the point of why he never gets his uh, due is he's kind of a coward at sometimes. But now we've got him just going full force. Yeah, and we turn around. We got a a group uh, traveling to the the Coral Sea to Australia, and we've got Black Manta, we've got Steel, we've got Janna, and we've got Supergirl. Because the whole thing is they're trying to to get bring the sun back, so that way Supergirl can get her full strength back. Because if she get her full strength, they've got a chance. Uh, freaking making the uh, of you know beating the vampires. And freaking you know saying you know they're doing that at the same time another group with a uh, black canary Frankenstein and Harley Quinn and Batwoman or Batgirl are actually trying to break into into Gotham City. But yeah, we go back to Green Arrow, and he's like I said, trying to break into the containment camps in Smallville. They call him a they call it a blood farm. And this one, this this skinny blonde guy is over here talking to these guards, trying because he sees the uh, the bush that Green Arrow is hiding in, and he distracts the guards, so that Green Arrow get close enough to kill him, and turns out that 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 uh. A skinny blonde guy is Cole Cash, Grifter. That's Grifter? That's Grifter, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and we quickly go back to Australia, uh, the, the crew on the boat in Australia as they're attacked by Aquaman and his minions. John Steele looks and great. Aqu- He does, man. John Steele looks great. Yeah. Uh, it's always good getting, you know, Steele's another one that doesn't get his due. But this one's all about Black Manta, because freaking, you know, Aquaman's over here going to destroy everybody. And Black Manta's just like, face me, you coward. And Aquaman's just like, you know, who is, you know, going to, you know, who is brave enough to freaking dare to enter a kingdom and call a king a coward and black mana takes off their freaking their mask and she responds a queen and turns out it's actually mira now in flipping it through the pages uh mira's black mana's got some tits <laughs> three freaking you can you can tell it's a woman and I, I, I yeah. the way he talked through the whole thing, I was like, that's not Black Mana. Absolutely not. Yeah. He wouldn't even talk like that to his own son. That's true. But yeah, now we've got a Green Lantern. We go back to Green Arrow freeing the people in this containment unit. And freaking, uh, he's just trying to get a hold of the big guy. And after he takes down a bunch of the, uh, bunch of the guards, we end up finding out that the big guy in question he's referring to is Hawkman. Yeah, that that was awesome actually, because like earlier in the in the issue, like oh, I've only seen him take off once or twice. Like, okay, uh-huh. so someone can can fly, but 
Hawkman's manning a concentration camp. It's not good. Yeah. That's basically where they're at with it. You know, and then we go back to Aquaman. He ends up freaking murdering Janna. Just with a flick of his hand. And then freaking Mira attacks. But unfortunately, when Mira attacks, uh, Kara, freaking Supergirl, falls off the boat and is dragged under the water. And with her being, you know, the whole point of this mission is to get her to, to the sunlight so she can recharge, basically. And then we're going back to Gotham, and they can't figure out a way to get in. But they're going to try to get in on a boat. And they're like, you know, what are we going to do, you know? And we hear somebody in the background talking about, you know, if you, if you die, but I can get you into Gotham. And... It turns around and it's Damien. And freaking Batgirl's like, you're alive? Frankenstein's like, no, he's a vampire. And Damien's like, you know, freaking, you know, talking about how I am a vampire, but I'm your last best and only shot at stopping the vampires. So Damien's freaking working both sides now. So that'll be super interesting to see where that goes because, you know, obviously, you know, Robin is the uh is the king of the vampires now or nightwing's the king of the vampires so can have him turn on one of his own in the bat family let alone with babs there uh holding up the rear you always gotta have babs on your side she will never let you down yep how do you feel about this issue though man i mean like did it Overall, overall, it's really good. You know, we got a bunch of little, bunch of smaller stories working it, weaving this this way in, and they're, you know, intertwined rather well. It's like I said, it's just, it's just the fact that they're doing this at the same time they're doing deceased, and like I said, they, this one's got its own side stories. Deceased has its own thing. It's just a lot to endeavor at one point. Gotta take a quick break, man. I gotta choose the restroom real quick. Hey, sorry about that, guys. I just needed a quick little break ski there. But uh, uh, the one thing that I wanted to talk about that really sticks out to me, because uh, we just finished talking about um, DC versus vampires, where it's an easy vampire story, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone keeps getting bitten. But we've got uh, the beginning of Detective Comics number 1064. Gotham Nocturne Overture Part 3 and it starts out with uh, Talia uh, going tete-a-tete with Damien in front of a a monolith. Uh, Did you ever see Space Odyssey? Yeah. There's no such thing as a... uh, That came out in the 70s or maybe late 60s. Um, Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as a monolith in the desert that doesn't like spawn ideas and is like like the origin of something yeah of all the places that Talia wanted to teach Damien how to uh, fight with swords and she tells him this myth of someone that just wanted to save his loved ones it, it reminds me of uh, they did it in the Sandman uh, 
they they actually did it in uh, Black Panther, where you go on alone uh, on a mystical trial of uh, your mustard, and freaking you got to come back and have a, a, a magical like experience. Yeah, but this one's with his mom out. The spirit quest. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Thank you. And uh, we get to Brucey mm-hmm. here, that what his metatarsal is broken. He's got two broken ribs. You can see the uh, freaking uh, the steel place from where his back was broken. Yeah, where his back is broken, and like, how are you so healthy? And he takes a dive. Now I I don't know about you, but I've never remembered Brucey like holding on to a freaking. Uh, you know what? A uh, extracurricular mask. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, that's the thing. I love the fact that real quick though, freaking on a side tangent. Please, please, please. They're like they're talking like the doctor's talking about how he needs to stay away from high stress situations, and you know it sounds like he might be having panic attacks. And a, it's freaking super interesting because freaking uh, the thought of Batman having a panic attack. Panic attack, my ass. There's your ten. Yeah. There's your ten, <laughs> and uh, it's it, that's one thing. But they also, if you've been reading uh, Batman Beyond the White Knight right now, freaking um, they're uh, they talk about him having panic attacks, like he goes into a full blown panic attack in the issues of Batman Beyond the White Knight. I don't know if they're both playing with that for the same. Uh, they're both just thought it'd be fun to bring it up in both. But it's it's really awesome to see that kind of continuity, even if it is, you know, obviously another a side universe, as it were. I'm liking all of these these panels. Like, do you see Brucey's like? He's really breaking this guy. <laughs> this is something else. Mm-hmm. This poor uh, freaking narc. And recognizes a symbol. Yeah, it's a the jackal's head with the knives. And Talia just being the distraction, fighting him with the same sword she was training Damien with. These these, yeah. these swords cannot break through any of Batman's armor. Yeah. One other thing I want to point out real quick though is it's really funny that Batman's all like, you know, panic attacks, come on. And then freaking, like, it, and then he attacks this dude. Like, it's almost like he's freaking doing it out of anger. Yeah, this, the, like, he's like, I'm gonna show, I'm gonna show this doctor he's wrong. And I'm, I'm still effing Batman. That's a good point. But then he goes and he brutalizes this poor narco. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, I think that's kind of the thing. I think he's freaking, the fact that he's like, pan, like panic attacks, blah, whatever. I think that dictates that he's he's going in pre mad, and that's something Batman doesn't do. He's go you know Batman's always calm, cool, collective. He's going in there with a plan. Right. This time he's just he's he's just being brutal. To like, yeah, he's trying to get you know information from this guy, but at the same point he is letting out the frustrations of the fact that maybe his body is starting to fail. Or even worse, if his body's not starting to fail, his mind might, causing the panic attacks. And he's going to prove to himself that this doctor is full of crap. 
Bruce still has a lot of things to work out. Uh, mm-hmm. Simply just from losing his home, losing his money after Joker, after Alfred, uh, Alfred after the fall of Arkham Tower. I mean, like Damien, Damien showing up, being cool, not being cool, and his ex girlfriend shows up. He he did not take any uh, Xanax in this one though. <laughs> Maybe he should have. Maybe it would have been a whole lot of a better evening. She just pulls her swords out, man. Like, she's just ready to... I, I, like, I, honestly, yeah, she... I, I, I kind of envy him. Like... Really? Of, of all the old tets we've had with girlfriends, it would have been a lot easier to compress and figure out if they would at least try to kill us. <laughs> As opposed to psychologically destroy us. Um, I'd rather the swords... I don't know, if I... I've had I've had an ex go a little crazy like that once, so yeah, I've had one too. Definitely, definitely had some uh, definitely had some beers thrown at me a time or two. Yeah, but swords. And, uh, yeah, with swords, you're making way more of a commitment, I suppose. How do you how do you think this reflects against his relationship with Robin? Um, I mean, they, they all. I, don't know, I, feel like, I feel like at this point. I feel like at this point, like, Robin's definitely old enough to understand who and what his parents are. I agree, but even then, we've got back to the story of these people that are controlling what's going on in Gotham, especially in, uh, what was uh, Penguin's Club? The Iceberg? Iceberg Lounge. Yeah. Uh, But... Uh, the, the one thing I wanted to really talk to you about is at the end, okay, so the ship lands, we know that Homeboy is already in Gotham, we've got their own version of Craven, but uh, it ends with for Gotham to show its hand, and you and I have discussed this many times, like how you get people to talk, you just let them talk, and it's time for Gotham to show its hand, and we see Batman just launching up. And the discussion I wanted to have with you on this particular issue is how Gotham has changed since we were children. Um, would you call it a feral city, or would you call it an alive city? Or if none of those are close to what you think, Gotham is an I, actual character. No, it definitely is. Like it's, I would say it's a reliant city. I feel like, you know, it, like Gotham's been through some insanity over the years, obviously. Like No Man's Land and, you know, the rise of the supervillain, the, the rise of Batman. Or when the uh, Riddler you know, broke it's, all the bridges. It's, it, it's always freaking, like, it always, it's always in trouble, but it always rebounds. So, like, it might, you know, it gets bad, but then it gets better for a little while, and then it gets bad again. Like it always, it always bounces back, no matter what you throw at it. They have thrown some definite hardcore, crazy crap at it over the years. Good people of Gotham, yeah, there's a lot of them. You're just surrounded by good people yeah. that are equal to the negative, crazy assholes. Uh, that's eleven. Eleven. It's 11. 
But yeah, no, I was actually watching. Uh, I was watching an old episode of BTAS, Batman the Animated Series, last night, and it was one where uh, Batman's trying to get to where his parents passed in Crime Alley, and freaking he's gonna meet up with Leslie Tompkins, but she ends up getting. They're trying to demolish the uh, Crime Alley and remake it into hotels or apartment complexes or something of the ilk. Yeah, they're gentrifying it. And freaking Batman's got to find her before they blow up the buildings. And freaking, you know, they end up finding her and they end up, you know, ends up saving the day as he always does. And in the end, it's, um, they end up taking two roses to where his parents died. And, you know, they kind of, you know, he gets down on one knee and, like, she ends up putting her arms over him and just kind of being there for him like a good friend would. And freaking, uh, it goes into an old picture of them because she was one of the first people other than Commissioner Gordon to help him when his parents initially passed. And, like, she'd lived in Crime Alley for 30-plus years, and, you know, she had friends that had lived there the whole time, and that's kind of, like, that's who those people are. They're, they're Gothamites. And freaking, you know, they they live there for 30 years and they live there for 30 more. That's just, you know, it's it's ingrained in who they are as people. I'd be happy living in Gotham. I think... I think in the, the good side of Gotham, right? I'd rather be in Bloodhaven. But that's... Oh, you're freaking one of those hipster kids. Gotcha. <laughs> Planting my plants, eating my uh, vegan food, and it's a uh, it's something else, man. Um, I feel like this was a tweener issue. Nah, it, it's it's def- I don't know if it's tweener per se, but it's definitely setting setting up some interesting stuff with these uh these new people that are coming abroad from you know, outside of Gotham who apparently have this history in, you know, in the lineage of Gotham. But, you know, anything with, uh, anything with Italia Al Ghul appearance is always good because it's always going to be some kind of craziness. She's got her, she's, so. got, she's got her good points. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, man. She freaking, you know, she's, you know, the, you know, like I said, kind of the crazy ex. And freaking, um, but at the same time, you know, we got this whole thought process of Batman having anxiety issues, which is, like I said, super interesting to think that freaking somebody is cool and collected and calculating as Batman could all of a sudden just have a panic attack. Do you think that was something that's playing into uh, the current cultural narrative where people are constantly expressing their panic attacks? Which, back in the day, used to be something secret or something that they would only tell close friends. Yeah, it's something you kept to yourself, you know? Yeah, and now... Freaking... Do you feel it's a, a cash grab that Batman has panic attacks? You mean like all these other anxious millennial cowboys? Exactly. I don't necessarily think it's a cash grab, but I think it's adapting to the times. I think these times that they're like adapting I, to... Is... I, I, the thing about it is, you got to remember, Batman's always the most human... Of the freaking superheroes. He doesn't have superpowers. He doesn't have a power ring. He's not super fast. He's not super strong. He doesn't come from, you know, a freaking uh, culture of women 
that is, you know, historically, you know, just insanely overpowered. Right. He's not a man from Mars. He is the most human amongst the heroes. And I think that's adjusting to the times. And, you know, if you're, if you're freaking this guy sitting here, freaking in a, you know, your superpower is that you're rich and you're not even rich anymore. And freaking, you know, you're fighting these intergalactic, uh, you know, aliens, monstrosities, whatever you want to refer to them as. How wouldn't that be something for you to freaking be like, oh my God, this is too big for me. Right. I think, it, I, I think it's cool. I think it makes Batman a little more human. And when you're already the most human character they've got, I think it works. I didn't see Batman's got to talk to somebody. I mean, we all do. We all need to talk to somebody at some point. Like me and you have had that conversation both yeah. on and off air. Yes, sir. Like, why wouldn't Batman need to, like, especially when you're dealing with the stuff Batman deals with, you know, freaking, hey, my son, you know, his son died and came back. His father figure died and, you know, may or may not come back. Freaking, you know, him and Nightwing are in a good place. Him and Jason aren't. Freaking, Lord knows how he's, a, you know, a dad, you know, working with Tim or freaking Barbara or Gordon leaving the force. You know, it's, that's all big time stuff and freaking, you know, you need to talk to somebody. If you don't talk to somebody, you're going to freaking, you're going to explode at some point. So freaking, why would Batman be, be any different? I agree. That's, and I was kind of turned off by the idea that they were trying to be, get him with the times because I don't want, I, I especially, it's, it's, it's not that I'm afraid of the future. It's, I don't want panic attacks and having anxiety to be something that is part of a cultural narrative that people lean on and lean too far on as opposed to there's nothing wrong with being having a weak moment there's nothing wrong with that at all but there is in my opinion uh something very wrong that that it's something that's established and that it's okay to do because I, I imagine that this is going to be something that people are going to lean into that, oh, I can't come to work. I had a panic attack or um, something that doesn't in any way advance themselves. Like, like it's another crutch. Um, yeah. That's my problem with it. Uh, and Batman... No, I could definitely... I've, I've seen that happen, yeah. Batman not being okay really sucked, man. Like... <laughs> That 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 was uh, especially after everything I told you earlier. Uh, him mm-hmm. not being okay. Um, you're not supposed to not be okay. You're supposed to be Batman. You're supposed to be on the freaking level. And uh, uh, yeah. d- despite the fact that I may or may not disagree with the narrative of this story, I'm glad it happened. And we'll see where it goes, man. Like this is what. Gotcha. Like, this was like part three of three until we get to some more meat and potatoes. Oh. Yeah, it'll be, like I said, it's a, it's an interesting take, and it's going to be interesting to see where they go with it. Cause you don't just throw something out there like Batman might be having panic attacks right. without delving deeper into that at the most inopportune time. Oh, I agree. 
I just I just don't want people to think that it is okay to be not okay. That's it, it, it feels to me like the cultural narrative right now narrative right now is that it's okay to not be okay. Um and stay I mean I, that I think way. that's fine. It's just stay it's, that way. it comes down to what are you going to yeah, it's it's staying with it and just that you know it is what it is, you know. Jeez. If you you know if you need to talk to somebody, talk to somebody. If you need to freaking, you know, if if things are getting that bad, freaking find some help. Do your best to find a way out of it to make make your situation better. You know, it's you know, do what you can. I mean, freaking, I think you know, I, I've said it time and time again. I think the majority of people definitely know what's wrong with them. It's just whether they're willing to do what's necessary to work on that. Cause some, some things you can totally fix. Some things are going to be out of your hand, but freaking it's what you do with what you have kind of dictates who you are. Right. Well, I hope I've never let you down friend. Um, we've been, through I don't worry. I'll tell you, I don't care. We've been, <laughs> we, we've been through a lot. <laughs> when I told you earlier, like, uh, we just couldn't stop laughing because there's nothing else we could do about it. <laughs> but, That's uh, true. But, uh, there's been a lot you of... Made bad, you already made your bad decision on that one. Oh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> we, we work through, we work through things and we talk about every single issue. Yeah. Every single issue. Find your best friend, make some good art. That's it. Do what you can, man. Freaking, like I said, take, you know, if you freaking need help, freaking... Never be afraid to ask for it. You never know. Uh, man, I've asked you for help a million times, and you always came through blindfolded and just cool, cool as a freaking cucumber, and and uh, pretty lucky in that. And I hope I've done the same for you. And I hope that you minefielders out there um, recognize who you can trust. And but yeah. Batman being upset that kind of no, I'm not gonna say it. You're yeah. You're at, you're at 11. Um, I gotta get nine more. <laughs> I'll just buy you a fucking comic book, man. <laughs> Eight um, more. Yep. We get we gotta get you that book. I mean the the hunt, the hunt. We can't deny the hunt. And I remember pulling that out and being like, "This was a BS comic book that I bought. That was fun, but like." But we found it, and then we found it again, and now we got to find it for the third time to make sure you got it. Just, just to make sure it's in the old collection. Yeah, we just got to freaking head up to the uh, get it to secret location thirty-two. Secret for location for anybody else. Yep, we'll tell you where it is after we clean it out. As we do. As we do. I mean, like, we might not be locusts, but we're on the hunt, and the hunt dictates. We it's take true. we it's take true. what we find. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's all I got in the, uh, end, that's all I got in the yeah. end of tonight, man. I agree, man. Freaking, I think it's my turn this evening. Yes, sir. Already. Remember to take care of yourselves and each other. Yes, sir. This has been Minefields. This is dangerous. This transmission is over by the pops. By the shirts, too. And newer rules. <laughs>